right, guys, you're back to the Spice Cast. I'm Ben Job, your host. Uh, thanks again for listening to Spice Radio. Uh, once again, we've got all those awesome Spice Fest DVDs and T-shirts and stuff that will be going up for sale online if you missed yours at Spice Fest. But today, I've got a treat for you. We're not we're not um, jamming out today. We're jamming out visually with the radio. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> we got Mr. Float, a... Uh, how would you term yourself as an artist? Are you a, uh, let's see, uh, reaffirmed actually, street artist or <laughs> corrected street that's, artist? Or, that's uh, not bad. Correctionalized <laughs> street artist. Yeah, I mean, I rehabilitated. Start, that's the word. Rehabilitated canvas artist now. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's not bad. I got my start doing graffiti and street art, and uh, I got arrested, and now I paint on canvases <laughs> and furniture and anything else I can get my hands on. Well, I got plenty of walls that I th- I feel like there should be a collective where we should just go around hunting businesses and be like, hey, well, why don't we let you, <laughs> why don't well, we let some awesome artists paint on That's your walls? an awesome idea. Actually, I'm from Atlanta and uh, there was a play, an organization called Living Walls that did just that. I mean, they were in the process of finding abandoned buildings, finding stuff that was government owned underneath bridges and mm-hmm. uh, the train ways and things like that. And they were just putting murals up. I mean, it seemed like every other week they were hitting something new and it was just awesome to watch it as a bystander. And at the time I wasn't doing any kind of big painting like that, but uh, mm-hmm. I would love to see something like that start in Huntsville. Oh yeah. It's to me, it's always better than just a brick wall. Oh, absolutely. Is you know, anything on there with color and all that stuff makes it look way cooler, in my opinion. And uh, so did you did you have to, like, change your style at all when you got into the bigger pieces as opposed to, like, your smaller just tag stuff to, to like, mural-sized stuff? Well, I've only done a handful of murals and not as much as you'd think. I mean, it's kind of the same techniques. Um, mm-hmm. It's really just being able to stand back 30 feet away from a wall and really <laughs> take it all in and kind of figure out where things should be. But, like... I usually start with chalk. I mean, I throw a chalk outline up. I do a sketch. I can stand back and check it out. And then it's just putting paint on the wall. I mean, that's the that's the fun part for me. But the real stressful part is just making sure it's balanced and everything's in the right yeah. place. So how did you get exposed to this art? Was it was uh, graffiti and street art like the first kind of art you saw as a kid growing up or what? Not really. I mean, I loved cartoons. I was always just a cartoon kid, mm-hmm. like anything and everything saturday morning simpsons actually was a big influence as far as visual i love that it's simple but there's it's compelling and but no i i did very little drawing as a kid um actually uh about 10 years ago after my dad passed i was lucky enough to take a trip overseas and i spent three months in europe and most of it in holland Mm -hmm. and uh a, a lot of it in amsterdam and that was an awesome awesome city i mean i that's the first time I really, truly saw a graffiti piece in front of me. And oh, I really? spent two and a half months crawling through alleyways. I would walk <laughs> the streets at night and then I'd rewalk the same streets and then take a left turn and go a different way. And uh-huh. just like taking it all in and it completely absorbed me. Um, I spent back step a second. Uh, I spent a few, a uh, couple of days like going through regular old art museums, like historical mm-hmm. stuff and fine art museums, like the Louvre and things like that. The, uh, Tate modern in London. And it was cool. Cause I felt like I had to do that. I'm in Europe. Like I got to <laughs> go to a museum, but it just, it wasn't hitting me. Uh-huh. And, and just kind of like after feeling that obligation of going to the museums and then going to Amsterdam and seeing this beautiful, colorful street art graffiti. Like it just, I mean, it changed the course of my life. I mean, I've been drawing since then, just trying to recreate what I was watching, what I was seeing. And I started painting while I was there. I did my first graffiti pieces 
in Amsterdam. And oh, that's I, awesome. And I mean, <laughs> I, up the can over there. Huh? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't stop myself. Like, and I had a lot of time on my hands. I mean, I was there by myself for two and a half months. So, yeah. I mean, and I just completely absorbed, it absorbed me. And, did you uh, did you connect with a lot of artists that were there, or did you just no. you just inspired so much? <laughs> I was by just all inspired. The I mean, but <laughs> the beauty of it was, I mean, there was no cooler feeling than walking by, hitting a spot, the blank wall with nothing on it, coming by a day later and seeing that someone had come behind you twelve hours later and uh-huh. tagged it, and that uh-huh. was the communication. That's all I needed. I mean, there was no face to face. There was no like talking about it. There was no working out a system i mean it was just i put something there and someone came behind me right. and put something i was i was i was in heaven that was just it changed my life and uh so i kept doing that i mean i spent quite a bit of time over there just painting and drawing and smoking weed and having a good time <laughs> and uh kind of clearing my head like i said that was right after my dad passed so it was just kind of yeah. getting away from everything and it totally changed the course of my life i've been drawing for now coming coming on 10 years mm-hmm. and having fun and i'm just kept on going kept moving so did you know like uh you were gonna go buy the moniker like float immediately as you were no. as you were over there <clears throat> no i mean i always kind of joked to myself that i had a, a split personality because like i came <laughs> up with like six or seven different tags i mean i had uh the first one i did was zero like whenever i played video games i was always zero uh-huh. z-e-r-o and then i realized that there was other zeros out there and so i dropped the e right. it was just z-r-o zero uh-huh. and uh then it became tag back like I love like after I watched my first thing um get tagged next to or someone just writing next to me I was like tag back man your turn like I did something you do something tag mm-hmm. back just like playing tag back in the schoolyard uh then I wrote bots like I just came up with some characters these robot characters so B O T S bots uh um right here W R I T E H E R E right here with some arrows like just kind of like trying to come up with a way to interact with people without actually interacting with them. Yeah. And that's what I loved about graffiti is just taking the space. It's not about asking permission. It's not about corporate. It's not about something being sold to you. It's just, I want to put something here that wasn't there before. Right. And I want to make it beautiful and I want to make it colorful. And that just, just took over, man. I just fell in love with it. Yeah. What's cool about uh that whole sphere stuff is, is it's really community and uh, locally oriented the the only way your stuff like floats around somewhere else uh, I used a pun there mm. so I didn't even think about that <laughs> no I but dig it the only way your uh, your float tag is gonna float is if you put it on like a train car and, or something and uh, you I don't know around town I've gotten to know some of these guys I don't know who they really are but I see some of their tags and I'm like man like the first one I saw was not so great and like this this one I just saw you know a couple of years ago, it's like he's gotten really good. <laughs> like, oh, you could yeah. you could see people like go from the progression, the of weak it. the weak spray I mean, of black to like the full on three four colors. Yeah, I you mean know? you you could see their can control improve. I mean their skills improve. I mean that was another fun part of it too. Mm-hmm. I mean being in Amsterdam, of course, like I was amongst kings. Like everybody there was right. just so much better than me. In uh, Atlanta, there were some top artists there too. But uh, I mean, you, that's how you do it. I mean, everybody starts as a toy. That's what they call you when you start in graffiti as yeah. a toy. And I mean, I'm I still consider myself a toy. Like I, I played with spray cans and I've got some skill in it. But I mean, I'm no king. And yeah. I just I found something I love to do and I've keep practicing at it. And like, unfortunately, getting arrested will cut you short on all that. So <laughs> like, I, going to Canvas, it's a completely different set of skills as far as like mm-hmm. how you actually do it. But it's um. I mean, it's still composition, it's still color, it's still, like, design, and, like, that's really what I found I had a talent for, and I've just enjoyed doing it. So when you picked up a a canvas for the first time to do a piece of artwork, especially, or specifically, 
Um, how'd you go about that? Was that a lot different from like how you design things and the space you're allotted and all that stuff? Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, I guess you could say my first canvases were stickers. I mean, mm-hmm. I like I still love to do stickers. I still love to do like simple cartoon stuff, icons, like not necessarily computer icons, but just small, simple, solid designs. Like mm-hmm. not a lot to them, not a lot of line work, not a lot of detail, but just solid little designs. And that's kind of what gets me going. That's what I like to do. But starting out doing stickers, I mean, like very small, like two inch by one inch stickers, things like that. So those are really my first canvases. Yeah. I've heard some of the guys that talk about that do graffiti and stuff, talk about the collecting the nozzles, you know, mm-hmm. and, and having their favorite ones, even if they're just weird melted ones. Are there any like that you prefer? You have any like, uh, like, Oh, I'm, I found they all come from the same type or something. Well, I mean, no, yes and no. I mean, I just kind of use them till they're dead. Like right. I do actually keep them, but like, um, actually I gave them to a friend of mine and she does, um, a lot of glue work, collage work with like found objects. And I uh-huh. gave them to her and she made a graffiti nozzle wreath. It's probably about <laughs> That's three, awesome. like a three foot circle and it's just completely covered. And so they're how like, many, how many about nozzles oh, was it? You man, think? <laughs> off the top of my head, two, 250, 300, maybe 500, somewhere in that range. I mean, wow. but yeah, I mean, but that was like four years worth of like just putting them away. Every time they clog up, you just drop mm-hmm. them in a bag. And so that was a lot of fun to like hand them off to somebody and kind of let them have a new life with somebody else. Yeah, that's that is cool. So so you got into like making these canvas uh, pieces and stuff like that. How'd you go about uh, bringing them to the public and all that sort of thing for well, the that, first time? That took quite a long time. I mean, I started doing canvases, I guess, uh, six years ago. So mm-hmm. I'd been like painting and kind of doing stickers and just playing around for a couple of years and then started doing canvases. Most of them went to my friends uh, or family, like just kind of doing something and they just start piling up, which is the other reason I love <laughs> art is because you have a byproduct. You yeah, have yeah. something at the end of the day. And uh, like, I love playing video games, but you don't earn anything. I mean, mm-hmm. like points don't go with you anywhere. <laughs> but uh, so the canvases are piling up and just kind of giving them to friends and things like that. Um, and then I started doing like tables. I would find uh these tables at thrift stores and do like a collage over the top and then paint the legs and sides to match like make these kind of big ornate like tables like the type of table i'd want to use like and they were real colorful and bright and um different like did one like marvel comics i did a transformers i did a calvin and Hobbes. uh i did a girly girly table i did a Mm -hmm. black and white i had these really cool badass coloring books called color ink books and they're like all these modern pop artists that Mm-hmm. usually do all this colorful stuff but they the coloring book is all black and white so I cut huh. all those up and uh-huh. did this really cool table like that and, um and then those started piling up and i've got these giant tables <laughs> sitting around and my wife is staring at me like what the hell are you doing with all these like do something with them so she pushed me into uh getting a booth at this place called the crafty bear in madison and it was kind of mm-hmm. this mom and pop artist market yeah type of place 24 hours a day kind of thing or not 24 but seven days a week anyway they're open and um paid rent rent a space and just kind of put it up for sale and then i started doing low mill and then uh then i started doing comic book conventions and that was about a year ago that all this started and just kind of kept moving kept pushing i mean did you did your art um what did you feel like oh i'm the only guy doing this sort of thing oh definitely (laughs) oh definitely i mean uh, when i think of like those small like little art venues you think it's like oh there's a lot of watercolors or something flowers a lot of birds a lot of like (laughs) some painted china or something yeah i mean every now and then you see some huntsville is a good town for some nerd stuff and i definitely do a lot of like science fiction and comic book and video games related art but uh Mm -hmm. but yeah i was at this crafty bear place it was all like 
mom and pop stuff. It was the type of stuff your mom would buy, like, and put in her right. house. And it wasn't my stuff. Like, and so I just had this crazy booth out, like, with Star Trek stuff and Star Wars all over it and uh, my own characters and graffiti inspired stuff and, like, these crazy tables that are red and green and blue. And, like, just, yeah, I was completely out of my element. So I didn't do well there. I, I made 30 bucks, like, over six months. Mm-hmm. So I didn't make any sales. Um, but I got me doing low mill. It got my confidence up. Like that's the first time I'd ever presented. I mean, graffiti is all about anonymity and mm-hmm. like not being known and not being the face of it and just right, kind of putting yeah. it out in the world. So all of a sudden I have to stand next to it and sell it. Like that was really difficult. Uh, but I found an itch for it and like you find places where you'll fit in. And like, for me, that's comic book conventions and things like that. Yeah, definitely. And even other type of street fairs and stuff. It's nice to be the odd man out sometimes because yeah. people will gravitate towards you because you're doing something different mm-hmm. and they're looking for something different yeah and it makes it makes the event better in my opinion because you get more mm-hmm. variety there and sure. kind of give it a different feel well, very cool so i saw like uh the turtle and the owl on your on your card like your business card do are there any certain animals that have significance to you or that you use a lot or uh no not really i that started off kind of as a gag actually um i had a friend and good friend of mine in Atlanta and his girlfriend just asked me to draw a squirrel. And like, <laughs> I came up with this really goofy looking sticker design and uh-huh. like, she didn't like it, but it just kind of like grabbed my <laughs> attention. And like, I just like made this. it for it. She didn't like it. They're yeah, like, well, I mean, now I got it too bad. <laughs> it was totally just a throwaway design. It was just sitting around one night and, uh, just putting, putting pencil to paper and uh-huh. it just kind of grabbed my attention. And I liked the style of it. And then I did an owl and then I did a, uh, an octopus and then i did a turtle and a dinosaur mm-hmm. and a gorilla and i just kind of like the style of it like that kind of encapsulates what i was talking about these icons of art like just these very strong powerful simple images they yeah. grab you immediately they have a story to tell somehow um mm-hmm. but it's everybody can kind of interpret it and again like i i just i don't know they just grab my attention and uh, just something I like to do. I mean, like, I've got another set of characters. I call them the bubble people. And they're literally just these round shapes with eyes. And they're mm-hmm. so incredibly simple. They're, but to me, they're a way to play with color. I mean, I'm exploring yeah. color theory and figuring out how to use color and how color tells a story. I can recreate these bubble dudes on a million different canvases. And I have. I, there was my yeah. my sticker design when I was doing a lot of that. And um, I've literally done thousands of those pairs of <laughs> eyes. And But as simple as they are the color tells the story at a glance immediately you can look at that image and see something uh it doesn't always resonate the same way with everybody which is the beauty of art in general um but it's a simple design that catches the eye that tells a story and that's kind of like what i like to do right and i mean when you're even if you're on the street or just in an art gallery or something when you have something so well defined and punchy with like your dramatic color changes and all that. I feel like you do stick out and uh, uh as opposed to like all these uh, giant landscape or something yeah. where you're like, "Oh, look at all those vines or like absolutely the like I mean it's more like it's almost like iconography, I guess." Sure. Like, or something uh, like that. Absolutely. I mean like everyone can see a beautiful meadow as a painting and say that's beautiful and yeah. it's, and that's uh-huh. all good and people do that really well, but I mean it wasn't what I wanted to do. I, I was never really very good at realism. And for example, right. <laughs> I mean, or what I would consider fine art. Uh, and I'm definitely more the lowbrow, like lowbrow end of the spectrum. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, for me, like anytime I talk to somebody who's interested in doing art, it's find what you do well. I mean, Mm -hmm. like I found that I do these very simple cartoonish style drawings pretty well. And like, that's where my niche is. And that's what I've practiced. And that's what I've put my effort into. Like I couldn't go out and do a a portrait. That's just not what I do. Someone else could, (laughs) but they couldn't do what I do. As simple as I can, Uh as even I consider my stuff to be like, it's complicated to a different type of artist who does a different style or does something completely different. Are there any techniques you use to like get that, uh, kind of super high definition and uh separated kind of high fidelity picture other like do you what kind of what kind of media do you use in most of your well it's always mixed media of some kind Mm -hmm. um like because i started with graffiti and spray paint like i there's 100 percent always a a spray paint element um, of some (laughs) kind uh generally it's the background all what will always is the background um taking six or seven different colors and layering them one after another using mm-hmm. speckle effects. Uh, and that that's always my base. That's always how I start everything. And then from there, like using fine line markers, uh, pencils, um, acrylic paint, uh, some oil-based paint, stencils, um, just kind of as I learned techniques, I figured out ways to incorporate them into what yeah, I whatever wanted to it takes, do. Right, to get what yeah. I mean, uh, I do, I do use stencils, like four layer stencils, but I do things on top of it and around it to kind of try to hide the fact that you're immediately looking at a stencil to kind of finalize it uh-huh. and kind of put my touch on it. I've done stuff with strictly stencils that I look at it from a distance and it doesn't look like I did it because it just looks <laughs> clean. It looks perfect or it looks there's something off about it, but I have to put my fingerprints on it somehow. And yeah. I do that with like after effects. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so if I use a stencil, I do something to it to kind of make it my own, to make it, to clean it up or to, um, just put some polish on it at the very least, but to put my fingerprints on it. So you don't immediately see stencil, but you do see something that I've done. You see float art in oh, some way. Cool. All right. Well, we'll have more from uh, float the uh, renowned <laughs> and uh, revered. I, I, I guess I'm going to call you like uh, just an, an awesome graph. I gra- is graphic artists a good sure. term for I mean, it? yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> see, I'm a, see, I'm a musician. So I like, I don't know all the, <laughs> the, the fancy things, but your stuff is awesome. So yeah, we'll hear be- more from float right after this break. Cool. Madison kind of Huntsville. Yeah, You're I mean, gonna be like, Huntsville artist like soon to be right? like like Very tomorrow. Cool. <laughs> I mean the house is paid for. Just I've got got nothing in it yet. So we're moving tomorrow. <laughs> Very cool. Have um is there anything like regional about North Alabama or the South that uh that you think's interesting about our our graffiti art or street art or culture or anything like that? Well no. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
uh, I mean, Atlanta was a cool city for it. There just wasn't a lot going on. I mean, literally, uh-huh. like, it's a hard town to do. It's hard to do graffiti anywhere these days. I mean, like, post 9-11, you can't crawl over fences without, like, somebody really paying attention to you. So, I mean, that's done bad things for the graffiti scene in general. Mm-hmm. But, like, even, I think it was six or nine months, sometime before I left Atlanta, um, which I guess was, like, a year and a half ago now, uh, like, they picked up, like, eight of the top artists. Like, I mean, there was a wow. newspaper article, like, bam, Jeez. bam, bam, bam. Everyone got arrested. Uh, and that was long after I'd stopped. I got arrested five years ago. So I had been out of that game for a long time. But it's just... Uh, it's just hard these days, but it's, it's the South in general. I mean, there's just not a lot of it. I mean, we're not uh-huh. we're not New York, we're not LA. Like those are the big yeah. name big name places for it. I mean, Chicago and Boston have have a scene, but yeah. And you were talking about Europe. I rode around the yeah. trains over there, and man, it was just everywhere. Yeah, like, I mean, every actually, single bridge, and they have tons of bridges out in the middle of nowhere. Oh They're yeah, like all and, tagged up and everything. And they do. Yeah, Europe's got a, a way bigger scene. I don't know. I can't speak to that. But anyway, they have a large scene going on yeah, e- yeah. either way. But um, I do think I've read somewhere that like Germany has weird different laws about cameras. Actually, they don't allow uh, closed circuit television cameras, um, security cameras in public places. So like, hmm. obviously that gives them a yeah. big, huge advantage if <laughs> no, one's, just fine. no one can watch all the time. Right. But, uh, yeah, I didn't think about that because like cell phones and just, I'm sure uh, security cameras are way cheaper than they used to be and oh, all the absolutely. digital recording, like pretty much every store. Oh yeah. Warehouses, to, train yards, every place. I mean, all, yeah. like all stuff like that. And then, yeah, I mean, people, I mean, I'm sure that I got arrested because someone called on me. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, someone spotted me like ducking underneath a bridge and the next uh-huh. thing I knew, like I came out and there was couple cops sitting there right so i mean yeah that's changed everything but do you feel like it's uh any more accepted nowadays like graffiti and street Uh, art kind of thing well i mean that's one of the beauty beautiful things about graffiti like um it was it's the only art form in history of the world that was created by the youth which is really really fascinating to me uh i mean every other historical art movement was created by the masters who were in their 60s 70s like i mean these were old Mm -hmm. men who had been doing this their entire lives and they were the front runners of any new artistic movement so for graffiti to be created by a bunch of 16 17 18 year olds in like the 70s and 80s is pretty astounding Mm -hmm. and uh and that's one thing I do love about it. I think I feel like I veered from your question. <laughs> Forget what you asked me, but anyway, that's just. A I was just, really I was just fascinating... asking, like, do you feel like it's more um, accepted? Except, yeah, because uh, the younger generation is becoming adults. Like, yeah. I mean, like we have a lot more. Like, as the older generation moves moves on, like we're the ones that get to look at it and enjoy it. I think there's definitely mm-hmm. a more accepting culture of it. I mean, look at any kind of corporate stuff that takes anything graffiti related and tries to slap it on their product and say like, we're extreme, right. we're cool, oh, buy yeah. our stuff. So like that alone says that. even think about that. Like they put it on all sorts of, oh like, yeah, like, like shampoo or something. Nike got, like, wants to use it and, like it. all these clothing yeah. lines and things like that. I mean, like some of it, could be considered legitimate because it came from graffiti artists. Yeah. I mean, there are graffiti artists doing doing those jobs mm-hmm. and things like that. But I mean, these corporations are just the fact that they incorporated into their pr- advertising now like, yeah. says that absolutely it's more accepted. It's mm-hmm. a little bit more uh, appreciated. Well, how do you feel like uh, street art and like fashion and that kind of street fashion thing kind of comes together? Do you feel like I there's mean, a big back all, and forth or uh, no? I mean, I think it's all one. I mean, yeah. I've. Uh, don't know i'm getting involved with some clothing stores here and Uh like i mean they have events with live painting and like their hip-hop clubs or their music events and like they want artists there they i mean it's all kind of becoming one yeah 
um, talking to a guy trying to open up a barcade in Huntsville. And like, he recognizes like how important what his place looks like. It's not just what kind of arcade games or what kind of beer you serve. It's what does your art look like? Mm -hmm. And like, that's huge. I mean, and that's awesome. Uh, I mean, I love it. I think they're all intertwined and I think that's perfect. Very cool. So I got a question for you. If you could go back in time in your art career and like give yourself advice, what kind of, what kind of stuff would you tell Man, yourself start, to focus on? Start or? earlier. Start earlier. <laughs> like I said, I didn't get started till I was like 22, twenties uh-huh. uh, in my like early twenties. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it would have been start earlier, I guess. Uh, just, Well, I mean, I guess I would have like structured my life a little different so I could have done more art. I spent a lot of time Uh working in kitchens. Um, I was was a line cook uh, to a sous chef for like 10 years. And I mean, that didn't leave me a whole lot of time to come home and paint. Um, I mean, I invested a lot of time in that career and I don't do it anymore. Uh, So I would have loved to have spent a little bit more time painting um, and just kind of practicing and just enjoying Mm -hmm. it, paying more attention to what was around me. I mean, that's been a big part of it too. Yeah, people focus a lot on like, Oh, how much money am I getting paid or whatever? But they never think about like how many how many hours of the day am I really spending? Yeah, because you can have all the money you want, but if you never have a a day to spend it or or yeah, to, or enjoy what you're doing, yeah. and I did enjoy cooking. I would say I didn't, uh-huh. but like it wasn't. This is way more of a passion project than it is uh, than cooking ever was. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I'm I'm a picky eater actually. Like <laughs> I don't enjoy a lot of like the. I'm not a foodie, but I spent a lot no of time. No quail eggs I mean, and, uh... No, no. I mean, I'd eat them if you put them in front of me, like, but I wouldn't go out looking for them. What's wrong with these them. eggs? They're so tiny. Like, I mean, the last happened? the last kitchen I worked at was uh, was actually, I worked for Iron Chef Kevin Rathman in Atlanta. I mean, that's oh, kind really? of like the top pinnacle of my cooking career, like, and that was cool, but like, I'm just not a foodie. I mean, I was good right. at the job, but... I didn't know what that green vegetable was by the proper <laughs> scientific name or whatever they wanted to call it. And mm-hmm. I don't know, things like that. So it so just wasn't you, a passion. What do you think about um, these artists like Banksy and some of these bigger names that have become pretty much almost like the on the same Definitely level as a normal gallery artist, like in, in respect and all that? Like it's 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 weird how they've... Uh, how I mean, they're celebrities, like full-time yeah. like household names. I think it's cool. I mean... Um, like Basie specifically, I like what he does. I mean, mm-hmm. like I was talking earlier about, uh, I like to ha- I like to be able to tell a story instantly. Like when you look at something I yeah. do, there's there's something going on, tells a story, and you can read it at a glance. I mean, Banksy is the man. He can do that. Just about everything he does, like I like it. And uh, as far as like. I don't know. I, I got no beef against it. Like people, right. people come up in the world. That's the natural order of things. Like I, I think it's funny how the term like sold out has gone away. I mean, like in the yeah. early nineties, like if a band made an album that you liked and then they were on MTV the next week, they sold out, screw them. Like nobody right. wants to give them any credit anymore, but that's just the natural way of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard, I watched some documentaries saying millennials don't understand the word sold out because it's not part of their vocabulary. It's not something that they will down other people for doing they right. don't even think about it in those terms well the i think the internet's changed a whole bunch of stuff too oh, surely. in that because it used to be the only way you know everyone in a whole country heard about any art or music or anything was through one of these big old corporations like mtv or, that's a very but good now point. it's just like youtube you know you can put it up yourself yeah you know, and uh, people, that's a very people good spend point. all that time 
watching YouTube instead of watching MTV or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And they can self-promote and they yeah. can do all that themselves and they mm-hmm. can do it for almost nothing. I mean, like, yeah. And so that's, that's beautiful. And it's really opened up everything. I mean, everybody can have a voice and, and that's cool. And it just lends itself. That's just the natural order of things. People are going to make money if they do something great, whoever, right. whoever they are. And, yeah. they, and they should, that's capitalism. I mean, I got other political views, but we won't get into that. But I mean, that's <laughs> just the natural order of things. I mean, yep. that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, um, Kind of, well, one thing with the breweries and all that sort of stuff, there is kind of a, a backlash to the whole internet. Everything's ev- from everything from everywhere is everywhere. You know, like you can get you can get your news from um, Iran. You know, just click on the button or whatever. But mm-hmm. there's also like a kind of a, a backlash going on where people are like, oh, I we forgot how awesome local, you know, uh, regional stuff is where you can like, Oh, I know this guy or I've met him before. Like kind of like growing together in a, in a community, you know, that's of something, art. I mean, moving out of, uh, Atlanta, which was a big city. Like that's something I've really come to appreciate being here in Huntsville mm-hmm. is the local scene and just being a part of it. Atlanta's has, of course they have locals and they have, but it was more like if you weren't in the no crowd, you were, you were in the outside or I don't know, like it was just too big, like yeah. too big for me anyway. I like a little bit slower pace, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's really amazing local stuff here. And like, I definitely make an effort now. Like now my eyes have been open to all that, right. which I felt like we're closed in that big, massive city you get lost in. Definitely. You were talking about Atlanta and the free art Friday. You want to talk about that? Somewhere? Oh yeah. I mean, that's kind of was another stepping stone on kind of getting my name out there and kind of standing next to my art as opposed to standing behind it. You know, like, um, there was a group of people who would make very small art pieces. I mean, like, I don't know, spend an hour, th- 20 minutes or an hour making something and then go out into the city and literally drop, put it somewhere. They called it drops. Uh, similar to geocache, except the idea was that you would tweet the location and someone would come along and find it. And Mm -hmm. then the, I mean, all you do is say like, this is a piece of free art that I put out into the world. Please enjoy it. Uh, please post back, post a picture, post a selfie with it and let me know that you found it. But other than that, it's yours. And that was, it was really cool. I mean, there was, I think at the height of it, or at least with the height of it while I was involved was about 50 or so artists that would do it on a regular basis. Yeah. And I think it started as like an every, uh, the last Friday of the month, but I mean, people would do it all week long, all month long. Really, (laughs) Uh I mean, I would particularly for me, I would do like 10 or 15 pieces and, um, and go out and just ride my bike in a giant circle around the city and, um, just drop one here, drop one at the train station, drop one at the restaurant, drop one in the park Mm -hmm. and, uh, just take a picture and tweet it and like, and watch people enjoy it. And it was just a really cool thing to be a part of. That's neat. Cause you know, whoever finds it or goes out looking for it, they get a, um, like a story and experience along with it. As well as pretty much promote you automatically. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt that it's a little free advertising. And and they they might have never been exposed to your art. But exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that's why I love Fell in Love with Graffiti as well is because it was free. You're not asking any money for it. You're not asking Uh anything but to enjoy it. And, like, Mm -hmm. for the free art thing was, like, a way to get my fingers back in graffiti without actually doing something illegal. And uh, for me, it was really cool. I mean, I met a lot of good friends that way. And uh, we started doing group art shows on a regular basis. We would do theme shows at like this industry restaurant, industry bar, like stay out till three in the morning, have a good time. Like we'd all put art up on the wall. It was just a great, great group of people to be a part of. And I've started, tried to get something going like that here in Huntsville and had a positive response. I had about four or five artists and 
personal things like uh, scheduling issues. We haven't been able to keep up with it, but that's definitely mm-hmm. something that's strong on my mind to, to continue doing and to kind of get people involved in. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we went to Bridge Street and dropped off a bunch of things and uh, we walked one way, dropped some stuff off and then coming back, headed to the cars. I mean, we saw, we watched a small family discover a piece. Uh, uh-huh. They were on their way. And actually my friend, uh, Ashley Bates, who's another artist local, um, had done a Hunger Games um, and the movie would just come out. And so it was a uh-huh. Hunger Games piece, a family on their way to Hunger Games found it and they just had a ball. I mean, like <laughs> just, it was so cool to be able to, it just so happened that we were walking by and got to witness the whole thing. I mean, yeah. from the moment of discovery to the selfie, to the smiles, I mean, it was just a really cool feeling. And that's yeah, something that's awesome. that like, I always loved in graffiti and this free art movement, like really struck a chord with me. And that's something that I'd like to continue doing here. Yeah, and wouldn't it be awesome if we lived in a world where you could just be wandering around wandering and get all streets. sorts of awesome art on Absolutely. your way? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I just love the idea of it. Well, very cool. Well, thanks a ton for coming out and talking to us, Flo. Yeah, great. And uh, you can check him out. He's going to have some uh, tables set up at NerdCon in October. That's the 24th through the 25th. The Rocket City Lit Fest, I believe that's the first ever one. Yeah, you, that's the first. Do you know much about that? Or? Um, it's, I met. It's uh, going to be at Von Braun Center. Amanda, and her last name escapes me, but. Um, She's art, uh, an author, and it's going to be uh-huh. a number of authors. I believe they'll have panels on authoring and things like that, but they'll also have a lot of local artists and crafts and things like that going on, and that's at the Von Braun Center. Very cool, and that'll be October 10th and 11th. He's got the, he'll be at the Geek Gathering in Sheffield, Alabama, September 18th, and you said... Uh, that's grown a lot in the last. This is either times. I believe it's the third year, uh, uh-huh. and yeah, it's definitely grown. Um, I mean, just an awesome out um, turnout. I mean, people have a great time. The cosplay just blew me away. I mean, <laughs> especially for yeah. a two-year-old event. I was there last year. Um, yeah, I mean, just the turnout, the people. It was a great experience, and like it's grown, and they're getting more organized, and I'm really excited. And that's in two weeks, uh, in September twentieth, um, I believe. All right, very cool. And also, if you're up in uh, Tennessee, a little bit northern of us in the Tennessee Valley, they've got the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Expo, November 20th through the 22nd. And as well as, you'll probably be at some of the artist markets over at the Flying Monkey, is that right, near the end of the year? Definitely. I did a lot last year, and... uh... Things at home. I've just I've had a crazy year this year, but I plan to be out there much more often towards Christmas, toward the end of the fall, and towards Christmas. Very cool. Well, you can find his stuff. It's all uh, under the handle Float Seven Eight Two. You can find him on Facebook with that Float Seven Eight Two, Instagram, Twitter. He also has Etsy. It's uh, slash Float Shop, or you can just look him up on the old Google. Yeah. And find him that way. But thanks again, man. It was awesome for having you come out. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Oh, I'll also, I'm also setting up a small display at the Huntsville Library this afternoon, uh, which will be running until October, until the end of oh, October. Oh, great, great. So, yeah, so check, check it out at the uh, main branch of the Huntsville Library over near downtown. Well, thanks again, man, and uh, to our listeners, have a great night. This has been a production of Spice Radio from Huntsville, Alabama. You guys know what you want, and you don't have to do too much to get it. Get with us at spice-radio.com. If you have a podcast, you make music or art, or you have an event that you want to promote in the Tennessee Valley, you can find us at www.facebook.com slash spiceradiohuntsville, or on Twitter at spiceradiohsb. And again, our website, spice-radio.com.
Yes. This is Float, and you're listening to Spice Radio. All right, try just one more, just just in case. This is Float, and you're listening to Spice Radio.